Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. A pattern that I've noticed since childhood, to your point, is this treating things like they're precious and not using them because I'm waiting for a theoretical day in the future where I suddenly feel worthy of using them. And what happens is that I don't use them for so long that I either don't like that style anymore or I stop doing the thing because I completely agree with you about the stationery. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 117. In this episode, I'm joined by Laura Wansick and Annie Simpkin, also known as the best friends behind the BFF Sticker Club. You can expect to experience a wave of nostalgia as we talk about all the stickery things, including how you can bring that childhood passion to the present. Welcome to the podcast, girls. Hey. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, I am so excited to have you. Uh, the first time in a long while to have two guests on together. And of course, we have two very special guests who are very special to each other. Um, so can you kick it off by sharing just a little bit about yourselves just as individual humans? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. So um, my name's Laura Wansick, and I am um, a scrapbooker. <laughs> that's, that's the first piece of identifying information that I'll give. Um, also, I'm a therapist. I work at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and I am married and have two daughters, Ellie, who is six, and Isla, who is one. Awesome. What about you, Annie? So my name is Annie Simpkin, and I live in a suburb of Cleveland called Solon, and I am also a therapist and a sticker enthusiast uh, with, <laughs> with my friend Laura, who I have known since we were maybe like five or six. Um, I live here with my husband, whose name is Josh, and my son, who is also six, and his name is Max. Awesome. This is going to be so fun. I can't wait to hear your story. So but before we get there, we always love to ask our guests, what is something that's exciting you in memory keeping right now? Now, Annie, are you a scrapbooker too or not? I am not a scrapbooker, but, you know, because Laura is my friendship soulmate, I know enough about <laughs> scrapbooking that I think I can take part in the conversation. Also, <laughs> Laura scrapbooks a lot of my memories. So if you're scrolling down her Instagram feed, you're going to see a lot of my son's milestones. <laughs> I love it. That is so awesome. 
Well, and I think we're all memory keepers today, whether or not you're actually a scrapbooker, because you're taking photos all the time on your phone, you're sharing them on social media. And so really everything counts. So can you each share one thing that's exciting you right now? How, Annie, how about you go first? Just in life? In, in memory keeping-ish in general, like photos, well, the, an app, a class, a person. Maybe Laura is your inspiration. Sure. So. I mean, I would <laughs> say that my major inspirations right now are, you know, stickers. Yeah. <laughs> and Laura, you know, Laura and I talk about how she um, she is my scrapbook, you know, role model because she's like my walking, talking scrapbook because she is just the holder of so many of my memories. She's been there for so much of my life. And I think the older you get, like the less people you have who just really know all these random things about you. Like what, what did my clothes look like when I was in first grade? Like what were the things that made me nervous? So Laura is always my favorite memory keeper and inspiration. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so important, you know, to have those people in your life that can kind of ground you and remind you of the things that we forget, especially the older we get, the more the older we get, the more we're forgetting and can't kind of piece all those details together. All right, Laura, what's exciting you right now in scrapbooking? So a couple of months ago, I don't really remember, Annie, how this happened, but um, her parents entrusted me to convert her childhood videos into um, digital. So I took a bunch of VHS, I think there were like eight or eight or nine VHS videos, each with like two hours of content on them. And I went through and converted them to digital um, on my computer, which was so fun because there was a lot of footage of us when we were kids. So our first grade classroom, you can see me, her birthday parties. Um, that's been so fun. Now, obviously, I am a scrapbooker, so I like pictures, but I've done some screenshots. Mm. But there's a lot of stories in those videos, things that we forgot, things they sparked memories. It was extremely fun. So that, that's been a really fun project. I'm very into that right now. Um, and it sort of inspired me to go back and do a lot of childhood photos. So I have technically scrapbooked my childhood, but not with stories. So like when I scrapbooked my childhood photos, it was at a stage in my development as a scrapbooker where I was very product heavy. Mm-hmm. So you'll maybe see like a two by three photo and then like 50,000 Prima flowers around the side and like a bunch of like old October afternoon chipboard and some paper, but there's not any journaling about like, where are we in this picture? <laughs> like what's happening? Yeah. So I'm feeling very inspired now to go through and say like, this is what memories this photo sparks for me. And it's so funny because as she and I have watched the videos together, we're like, oh my gosh, do you remember those cubbies? Or do you remember that? Like, oh, I remember how they used to open the windows in the summer and it smelled like this. And it just brings all of this stuff like flooding back. So Yeah. And it's especially cool because when we watched that, our two kids are the same age that we were, which is also. Wow. That's super Mm -hmm. special. And just to compare what like, you know, our childhoods were like growing up to what these kids are facing today. You know, it was was already interesting before the pandemic and now it's even more interesting. Yes. Um, But. I love all the nostalgia you're bringing up, and I'm sure that is going to be a big heart of this episode today. Yeah. Um, but before we get here, I want to talk just a little bit about stories. So how do you, um, are there any stories that you really want to still tell? 
you know, you already you already mentioned that, like, and maybe that was your your bucket list idea of going going a little bit deeper. Are there things that you want to get captured? And and Annie, are there things that you want Laura to scrapbook for you? Has <laughs> she done your wedding yet? <laughs> okay, she's done my wedding, my honeymoon. I mean, you name it. Like Laura has scrapbooked this memory for me. She's such a great friend to have. Um, <laughs> You know, I was talking with her about this because we were like, well, Annie, what are you going to talk about when she asks you about your your scrapbooking goals? And I was like, well, I'm going to talk about what I want you to do. So (laughs) (laughs) we were saying it would be so fun for Laura to scrapbook um, sort of the beginnings of the BFF sticker club because it's been so funny for us. And we have just really like been laughing nonstop for the last month about it. So... I'm pretty interested in her doing that for us. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's dive into that. And now we need to know how did the two of you meet? So you mentioned five or six years old, the age that your kids are now. How did that happen? So we met in Miss Lemon's first grade class at Garrison Elementary. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Our first memory is not, I mean, I remember you in that classroom, but that's not, I don't remember the exact like moment that we met, but we have memories from that age. Mm -hmm. Um, You share your first memory, Annie. (laughs) Well, it's funny. So we have sort of a combined memory, but one of the things I always think of about little Laura is that she was always where, so you know how you have like a picture of someone in your head, like your just mm-hmm. go-to picture. And my go-to picture of little Laura is always that she always had like her hair in, in sort of this circled bang that just like really framed her face and always wearing a pastel sweatsuit. <laughs> always in a pastel sweatsuit. And it's so funny because we're watching these videos together and she's wearing the pastel sweatsuits. So I'm like, that was real. Um but the memory that her and I were sort of talking through, well, you can tell it, Laura. Do you want to tell well, it? Well, you or see you- that we're wearing these shirts. Yes, um, you are. So you're twins today. We can you describe twins. them for our, our you know, yes, our podcast so we're audience? we're both wearing shirts that say Kirsten, Molly, Samantha, Addie, Felicity, Josephina. And for those listening who don't know those names, those are American Girl Dolls. They're like the core Jeez. seven. Yeah, the OGs. So <laughs> yes, the OGs. When Pleasant Company owned, you know that, and um, she bought this for me for Sue Heck Day, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, our first memory is we both remember this. She had Molly, and somehow I must have roped my parents into buying me one because I was jealous. So I got Kirsten, and I called her and asked her to come over to see Kirsten because she had come in the mail. And we sat on the front step of my house and just admired Kirsten together. It was a magical That's, memory. That was so beautiful. I love it. You know, it's so interesting to see the the relationship with American Girl Dolls and, and kids these days. And uh, they actually play with them. Like, I don't know. We were like, mm-hmm. they were on a pedestal. Like, we yes. revered them and had to take care of them. And um, everything was very precious about it, in my experience. Did you have one, too? I did. I did. did you I was, um, can you stand up again? Let's okay. see. Okay. You want to see the choices? I had, I had the first three, Kirsten, Molly, and Samantha. Oh, you were not playing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ask because I think you can tell a lot about somebody by who I think their my mom American might have girl. collected more even after I left home. But. Oh, wow. 
I think you can tell a lot about someone by what doll they identify with the most. Oh, I definitely identify with Kirsten because I have Swedish heritage. So, mm-hmm. like, I was all about that, especially, like, around Christmas tribe and doing crafts and baking and things like that. So, Kirsten was my spirit girl there. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, too, that you talk about treating them like they're precious because we've joked about this is happening with stickers for us as well. But I let my daughter play with my American Girl dolls, and she has three American Girl dolls. And she just does not have that same reverence for them that I did. And so I had to put them away because I was like, we don't treat Kirsten that way. (laughs) (laughs) I can, yeah, I can totally see that. I've had certain circumstances with my daughter like that with other things. And I'm like, okay, I don't think you're quite ready for that. Yeah. you know, mommy wants to to keep this forever. And, you know, sometimes it's our own kind of mental issues yeah. going into that. Yes. Totally. Did you have any sets? I just, I had a few little accessories, but I didn't mm-hmm. have anything that was ever big. Mm-hmm. Like I had Molly's like, I don't know, who was it Molly or Samantha's like little lunch tin or something with the fake sandwich in it? Molly. Uh-huh. That was Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have too much of the extra stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, there were never any American Girl doll stickers back then, were there? They had paper dolls. I loved the paper dolls. Yes. I remember the paper dolls for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. you know, the reason I identify most with Molly, I think, is because I was always kind of geeky. And one of the things they did have that I was talking to Laura about, and we do have a memory of, is that Pleasant Company made scripts. For like plays that you could put on where you pretended to be the characters. So I had them and I would bring them to the playground <laughs> and have it. other kids do them with me. <laughs> Hilarious. I was writing Roman numerals for fun on the playground. Like, let's see how many, how high we can write our Roman numerals. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty advanced. I might have to cut that out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Okay. So you guys both still live in Ohio, but how far are you each from where you grew up? So we're on opposite ends of the state um, of Ohio, and I'm about 40 minutes from where we grew up. Mm-hmm. So she's about, what are you, like four and a half hours, five hours? Yeah. Yeah. And so you, how long has your friendship been lo- this long distance? I guess since we graduated high school, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't lived close to home since 2001 then, I guess. Yeah. 20 years. Wow. I know. It's bananas. I'm curious how you like maybe stayed connected in those early years. It wasn't Marco Polo. Yeah. So that's funny. I feel like we were just talking about this. We were. We're We've always just been talking about something. (laughs) Um, so we wrote letters, we did AOL instant messaging. And I know that when I studied abroad, we would talk, I would go to the internet cafe and we would email and I printed out as the memory keeper that I am. I have stacks of emails and I am like instant message conversations from Mm -hmm. forever ago. For sure. I don't know how I did it, but I have in my 
at some point in my Gmail, I imported like two previous Gmail accounts. And so I have like going back to the early AOL instant messenger days where you could like send yourself a copy of the chat. And I'm like, how is this even in existence? And why did I say those things? <laughs> it's like a like a customer service chat function. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't even know how I did it. Maybe it was copy and paste, but um, it's so bizarre to go back to like 2003 and see chats from back then. So I think um, we also talked on the phone. I'm trying to think if, was there any other way that we did that? I visited you. You visited each other. I mean, just the phone, I think is sort of interesting to think about because at that time, to I didn't have a cell phone so we would have to talk on a landline and so at that time you had to buy I remember going and buying phone cards to make my long distance calls to call Laura and other friends from home um so even just that I mean even just talking on the phone was a whole other thing and you had to be like on the landline phone you couldn't be out and about so I think it's interesting and what we were talking about is sort of how our communication has just changed throughout the years as things keep on chugging so I think you know, at some point, like we connected over Facebook and that, you know, it just, and then I'm always the last to like understand technology. So at some point I got a smartphone. I think we decided it was what, 2014? Yes. We bought it together. Yeah. So Laura and our other friend had come to visit me and they were both like, it is time, Annie, it is time because I still had a flip phone and everybody else had had a smartphone for, I don't know, like four or five years. And so I got it and it opened my whole world. And then we started talking through, you know, I mean, a smartphone, you can do like pictures and videos and, you know. We were really ahead of the trend because we've been making videos and sending them back and forth since 2014. Um, And so Marco Polo has just been a recent, we don't have to delete them all from our phone anymore because we would like, like we wouldn't have space. (laughs) But yeah, it's really ideal, um, the video format. Oh, for sure. So what did you just basically, did you email them to each other before? We would text them just through the text. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe in like 10 years, Laura can just be here in like a hologram form. (laughs) (laughs) We can just hang out. We can dream. I mean, Alexa has that drop in feature where you could just really drop into anybody's room and say, hello. What? I could say like drop in on my mom and then just talk to her and she lives in texas so i didn't know about that terrifying yeah so i mean we do it here we do it just inside our house with google home but alexa can do it like to other devices anywhere so (laughs) it's interesting to think about you know if you think about kind of the post high school college page when, when people when friends start to scatter and some stay close and some don't but if you think about how technology will change that for our children Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, of course, have kind of an extra level of drama on top of it, it seems, because of social media and all of that. But I think some of those friendships will stay even closer and then maybe others may maybe get, you know, uh, land in a fiery flame somewhere because of that. <laughs> but it's just fascinating to think about because I, you know, I had a best friend move away in third grade. And so we were pen pals for many, many years and only, you know, recently reconnected on social media. But just the Mm -hmm. idea of writing a letter to a friend is so foreign. And I can't even get my daughter to write a thank you note for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's turn to the topic of the day, stickers. So let's start with what kind of stickers do you remember having as a kid? Okay. So I 
feel very passionately about puffy stickers that have googly eyes. Oh. And they just do not make those anymore. Like there it's a real shortage in I don't know if any sticker people are listening, but please make more puffy stickers with googly <laughs> eyes because those are the best. And you know, when we've been posting on our Instagram account, people have been saying like, yeah, those were the best ones. Can't find them anymore. Wow. Um, I do not have a recollection of that. I I saw you a, a photo of your childhood sticker book, I think. And, and I'm like, I recognized a lot of them, especially like fuzzy ones. And of course, mm-hmm. of course, like the scratch and sniffs. I don't remember. Go- I think I, I don't like googly eyes. Stop oh. it. <laughs> Stop it right now. You know that thing where like people don't like small holes? Yeah. That's, there's I think a name I might, for it. I know. I think I might have a touch of that. And I think the googly eye thing kind of connects to that. It kind of creeps me out. Okay. Well, then those know. aren't for you. You know, scratch and sniff, though, is my second favorite. Yes. And I've been really happy because I've been able to find some really good scratch and sniffs lately. So that's keeping up with the trend. That's for sure. Yeah. Are there any like stickers where you like, when, especially when you see maybe like uh, a modern version of it today, do they just always kind of take you back? Like, what do you feel like? What kind of stickers do you really feel nostalgic about even beyond the googly eyes? Like any kind of patterns? I don't know. The 80s were just so... I- <laughs> I feel like that holographic shimmery always reminds me of like the 90s Lisa Frank kind of yeah. um, tie-dye kind of um, neon experience. Lisa oh, Frank sure. was an experience, a visual experience. Lisa yeah, Frank so definitely was huge. Are you on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you seen all the TikToks where people go to the abandoned Lisa Frank factory? No. <laughs> okay, it is it is both amazing. Somehow, you know how you get on an algorithm? So I've gotten on sticker TikTok now, which is perfect. And yes. so people are going outside to the Lisa Frank factory, which is abandoned. And it's beautiful, but also super depressing because it's really worn down. <laughs> but it has like all of her designs on the outside. Wow. It's amazing. So it's just like dilapidated, rundown rainbow unicorns. Um, that is correct. Yes. That sounds like... <laughs> Like a horror movie, maybe? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I will have to get on that TikTok train. They do kind of, you just, that and, and YouTube too, like you watch two videos and all of a sudden that's all you see until the end of time. That's right. <laughs> all right, so how did you store your stickers when you were younger? Did you take them off and put them in something or did you keep them, just hoard them forever, never touching them? How did so you, I feel and, like, you, yeah, and you still have them today, any of them today? Well, you can answer that, Annie, because you just found a bunch. So, <laughs> so first of all, um, I, well, I had that sticker book, which I posted on our page. And mm-hmm. then I also just had a box of sort of precious stickers that I never wanted to use. Um, like, I don't know if you remember Lisa Frank cows. They were amazing. I had this. I'm still upset because I had this sheet of Lisa Frank cows and I, and my mom says she can't find them. I don't think she's looked hard enough, but that's for another day. My mom does it all the time too. And I'm like, have you really looked? (laughs) Yeah. She didn't really look. Um, but it's funny because. Oh my God, Lisa Frank cows. Yes. Okay. Yes. Of course. I think I had the folder. So. (laughs) It was an excellent design. But so Laura and I, just like an hour ago, we were like, (laughs) 
we were talking about how we mistakenly gave some of our stickers to our kids without really thinking. And so I took a trip down to the basement on Marco Polo and and took back some of my things. Um, but I found some, what were those called, Laura? Like Susie? Susie, Susie and- Q. Susie, Susie Q, yeah. Well, she's oh, like Susie a, Zoo. Susie, Susie Zoo. Zoo. Yes, 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 yes. yes, she's like a duck. Um, and I have from like the 80s, two unopened packages of those and they're Hanukkah stickers. So growing up, there weren't a lot of Hanukkah stickers. So I think my mom probably just grabbed like five packs of them. And then um, now my we have them in my house and they used to be my son's, but now I've taken them back. <laughs> and I also found an unopened package of Mrs. Grossman stickers with hair dryers and hairspray. I mean, it's like a, it was very exciting. I remember going to the store and usually it was like the teacher supply store. I would go yes. with my mom and there'd be these walls with like all these rolls of stickers. Yes. And I'd be just like, give them all to me. Archivers <laughs> used to have them too. Oh, I, you know, I only went to an archivers like the year before they closed and then they were gone. Okay. And I remember, I remember walking in and saying like, Hey, do you carry studio Calico when they were doing wholesale lines? And they're like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, does not bode well for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to close in a year. <laughs> so do you have any like sticker regrets besides maybe giving them to your children now? Like maybe sticker regrets from your childhood? Like I, so, I know I have stationary regrets. Like I had all this stationary beautiful stationary regret? that I never used. I just yeah. like, I didn't want to touch it because it would be used up. But now it's been what? <laughs> 35 years and I've still never used it <laughs> so what's the you point know, I feel that about scrapbooking stuff so I I specifically remember doing that with sassafras lasts and um I did it with a lot of um what is that October afternoon because I feel like a pattern that I've noticed since childhood, to your point, is this treating things like they're precious and not using them because I'm waiting for a theoretical day in the future where I suddenly feel worthy of using them. And what happens is that I don't use them for so long that I either don't like that style anymore or I stop doing the thing. Because I completely agree with you about the stationery. Um, I would put stickers I mean my biggest sticker memories really surround when you would get a sticker for something so going to the dentist book it like any Mm. sort of reward sticker I think I felt like I could use those stickers and I think my impulse was always to put them on my shirt um but I remember also using stickers on stationery um Yeah, there was a lot of hoarding. And so I have regrets big time of that. And that has spilled over in the scrapbook world. And now, as Annie and I have discussed, we're experiencing anxiety about it now as we're playing with stickers. So the point that you make about putting it on your shirt, I was thinking about my behavior now. And it's like, there's no way I'm taking that off the backing. I'm going to adhere it to cardstock so that I can punch it out or keep it and then put it in my scrapbook. I'm not going to put it on my shirt or I'll take an extra one for my shirt so that I can brag that I voted or whatever. And then one for the scrapbook. <laughs> that's separate. So it's funny because we, Annie started getting stickers in the mail and she made the comment to her. Well, you tell the story about the stickers and how Max thought that they were for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I got these stickers in the mail and I was so excited. And then my son, Max just assumed that they were for him. 
And Laura was talking about how, you know, when you are a, a loving and attentive parent, like our children just assume that everything in the, in the house around them belongs to them. <laughs> so it's like, we can't have these special things. I think that there's this feeling as adults that like, we don't, we don't deserve these like special frivolous things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, it's like grownups are still getting excited about stickers. Like that was a perfect example with voting. Like you see everyone posting their sticker on the internet yeah. to say I voted. And now everyone's posting their COVID shot, their COVID vaccine sticker yeah. on the internet. Yeah. So it's like, we're still getting these stickers for milestones and adults are still so psyched about them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, those are the stickers I think we believe that we're allowed to have because, of course, our kids can't have the voted sticker. They didn't vote. <laughs> so they, it's rightfully ours. That's and they're so willing. There's so much to unpack here in terms of, you know, uh, our childhoods, how we were trained to, like, uh, seek these accolades, maybe. And we need the reward to, uh, to then share it with others. Um, gosh, there's, I mean... You could do a whole episode just on that and on, on how we were raised and, and how that compares to, mm-hmm. I think that only exacerbated maybe with future children, like they're getting stickers for lots of things. And now it's not just stickers, it's trophies and, you know, mm-hmm. everything just for participating. So, but that's a whole sidebar. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think the other thing is they don't, I think that. I always felt like, okay, this is like, this might be the only sticker I get this month or whatever, but I give Ellie a pack of stickers and they're all over the table in four seconds. Like she's just throwing them willy nilly, you know, like there's just like, there's plenty. And so it's just interesting that mentality. That goes back to the American girl dolls too. I mean, there's just, there's, I don't know. There's, I think maybe our parents were raised that, you know, the things that you acquire, we need to take care of because they're not replaceable. Mm -hmm. And now everything is kind of disposable. And it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate, you know, our electronics break before you would think they should, and we have to replace them. And that's just kind of how things have changed. Uh, But the fact that we still have stickers from the eighties and nineties, that just makes it so much more fun. And I think can help us teach our kids that it's fun to celebrate these little things that, you know, are just fun to play with. Mm-hmm. So what stickers are you getting in the mail, Annie? And Laura, are you getting things in the mail too? Yeah, so we are sending each other. So this all started, um, it's not even been a month since the first <laughs> sticker discussion happened. It was February 28th. Um, it escalated very quickly. So I think that it, did it surround Sue Heck Day? Was it, was, was, did it spin off from that? So I think it was because we really liked getting that kind of, well, maybe you should explain Sue Heck Day. Okay. Yeah, let's so, start there. <laughs> okay. So Annie and I were commenting over the holidays how, um, so Annie is Jewish and I celebrate Christmas. I'm Christian. And so we don't celebrate the same holidays around that time, which means that we have historically not exchanged gifts. Mm-hmm. And we were commenting like, we are each other's best friend and yet we're not exchanging presents. Um, so we decided that we would have a holiday that's just for us and we just dis- that where we would exchange presents every year. So we settled on February 20. Well, it's February 29th when it's leap year, but the other years it's February 28th, which is the birthday of Sue Heck on the middle. Have you ever okay, seen I've the never middle? seen the middle. So I had no idea. I never heard of that before. You, <laughs> you really must- have to. Okay. Yeah. It's non-negotiable. You must, you must watch <laughs> it. ASAP. <laughs> 
All right, I will do that. I will put it on my to-do list for this weekend. So, so we opened, we opened our, we exchanged our gifts. It was extremely fun. She gave me these earrings, which she's also wearing these little bunny earrings. And I, yeah, I think you're right. Then we were saying how much fun it was. And then what do you remember after that? What? So after that, Laura, <laughs> Laura made a Marco Polo. And I think that maybe you had been looking at the Pipsticks website or something because you were like, you know, I've been thinking about getting a sticker subscription, but I'm nervous that I'm going to get a subscription and like, they're not going to understand my taste and I'm going to get all these stickers that I don't really like. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if we made our own subscription for each other and you sent me stickers once a month, I sent you stickers once a month. And I was like, uh... Yes, we should start a whole thing called the BFF Sticker Club. And then it sort of just like really <laughs> escalated <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> Did you expect to get like press, you know, so quickly after creating your Instagram account? <laughs> You know, we did not, but we appreciate your investment in our burgeoning business. <laughs> I was just like, this is so awesome. I must hear more. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah. So now it's sort of escalated. Well, you can talk about it. You can talk about our um, rapid escalation, Laura. Well, yeah. I mean, it was so funny because in the first 24 hours, we had like all these ideas of like what this could be. Um, mm-hmm. And we were joking. I remember you were like, what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> like, cause it was just, it just happened so quickly. Um, so I was hell bent on contacting Lisa Frank. Yes. Oh yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, how do we contact Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, side note, she has not gotten back to us. Lisa <laughs> Frank, listening. if you're listening. <laughs> okay. Well, if she does, by the time this episode goes up, then you have to let us know. <laughs> yes. We've seen your building, Lisa. We will help you redo it. So we've joked that we're good business partners because I am like the the um, kinetic energy. The, is that the right phrase? For, I, I didn't pay attention in physics, but I'm like the energy. And, and Annie's got, Annie said, Annie has probably said, pump the brakes, Lar, like <laughs> six times in the last 24 hours. Because I'm always like, and then we can get this. And, and she's like, pump the brakes. So it's, we're, we're still really formulating what it is exactly that we want to do. Here's what we know. Okay. We know that we're not trying to sell stickers. So we're not, we're not doing that. I mean, at least right now, that's not, that's not our shtick. Sure. But that's Um, an important distinction to make. And it's like, it's important to have boundaries. Yes. We really want to create a community Mm -hmm. of people that I think of adults I mean, children are welcome, but like, especially targeted, I think, to adults who we feel like we want to help enjoy stickers, savor stickers and use stickers, because I think we want to savor them and appreciate them, but also use them. And walking that line, I think, is hard because you ha- we might have that hoarding tendency and they look so pretty in the package, but also we need to use them and they do look fun when we use them. So we have these challenges, like we just put up our first challenge yesterday, um, fill, fill a heart. And mm-hmm. so it's just like some direction on how to use them. So we really just, yeah, we're just looking to create a community. I love that. And I think it's just, 
it's not only just a way of connecting us as adults to our childhood, but I can see like when, as soon as I saw that challenge yesterday, I was like, oh, I could sit down and do this with my daughter in a way to connect with her in a way that sometimes yeah. feels awkward as parents. Like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm doodling with you and we're kind of just on our phones on the side and not like being invested in it. But if we can connect to that, that love and that just the the quirkiness of loving stickers as a kid, we can then really play and feel connected to our children that way too. So I think there's a special element of it with that too. Definitely. And, and I, we had a post recently about five reasons why stickers should be your hobby. And Mm -hmm. you saying that reminded me, one of the things I think that's great about stickers is they don't really require like a lot of skill. I mean, you're literally putting them down, you know, there's not some special tool. For sure. When I think back to the way that I stored them, like, and this maybe it's just me being a nerd. I had categories like in my album, like mm-hmm. we couldn't just like put all the new stickers in. It wasn't a chronological thing. It was like, a, it was totally a library of memories type of system where there were, you know, categories for the fuzzies and the puffies and yes. the, the garbage pail kids were like stuck in the back somewhere. And- <laughs> well, yeah, Annie and I have talked about how, you know, 90% of the fun seems to be buying them, storing them, organizing them, looking at them and talking about them. That's just yeah. as fun as playing I, with them. Yeah, that's for sure. And so do you, are you encouraging us to make cards, to make things to put in your home? How do you like to share your stickers with others and kind of celebrate them? Like, are you letting, are you planning to let them go? Is that using them? What, how do you define using a sticker? I mean, I guess I feel, and Laura, you can comment on this, but any way you get your sticker off the sheet is how we use them. And so if it makes you feel good to put it on a card and send it to someone, that's awesome. If you want to put it in a sticker book for yourself, that's awesome too. But I think that we really want to sort of encourage people to get the get the stickers off the sheet, use them. And not feel so anxious about it. Because even just when we were getting our stickers and we were looking kind of at the sheet and just seeing this wide open white space, it's kind of scary, right? And you're Mm -hmm. taking the sticker away from all of his sticker friends on the sticker (laughs) sheet and putting him alone on the white page. (laughs) And so we want to just make that okay and make, you know, I think that sometimes we feel like we're wasting a sticker. There's no wasting stickers. There's no regrets in the BFF sticker club because we're just going to use those. You can always get more stickers. Yes. Yes. That's so beautiful. Now you mentioned like (laughs) putting it in a sticker book. So like I haven't looked up that on Amazon. Can you get sticker books today? And is there like a source that you recommend? Um, or are we not there yet? Are you guys, maybe you guys, somebody will make your own sticker book. That could be something that you could sell. <laughs> so actually Laura, um, posted a video, a tutorial about how to make sticker books on our page, which okay. is really cool. Um, yeah. and I think that that is sort of a, an issue that we're finding in the market is that there is just not great sticker books. So there definitely are sticker books. Um, I wouldn't say that they necessarily are like tickling our fancy. Um, (laughs) Is that a thing, people? I don't know. (laughs) Um, That's a thing. (laughs) And so I think that that's definitely something we're kind of looking at um, because we want people to be able to use them and have fun. And I think a sticker book definitely is a good way to use your stickers um, and still be able to keep them and look at them. Yes, for sure. And, you know, it's the, 
yeah, there's unique characteristics that you would need to make sure that, you know, uh, with page thickness and all that, because stickers are thick, you can't just have like a book because it gets thick really fast. Um, super fascinating. I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of comes next out of this. Do you guys have yeah. any plans for like, so how often will we see challenges? So we're going to do a weekly challenge. Um, okay. We also are going to uh, have opportunity for people to be matched with their own BFF, which is going to be on a monthly basis. So that, that you can find information about that on our Instagram as well. Um, we have kind of a weekly schedule. So we're going to, I'm going to be doing um, Tuesday tips and tutorials where I'll do some, maybe how to make your own sticker, or how to make your own sticker book, that kind of thing, using my craft knowledge. Um, what is the rest of our schedule? Monday <laughs> so, lives. Monday we're doing lives, which we did our first one this week. Is that this mm -hmm. week? Time doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> so, and that was super fun. And we were excited because we had like a lot of engagement from the people who were watching. And then Tuesday is tips and tutorials with Laura. Wednesday, I'm introducing the challenge. And Thursday, Laura is going to do her part of the challenge. Friday, Saturday are kind of like our, our fun day, free days, but free day, fun days, something with Fs and alliteration. Like I don't know. We haven't quite gotten to that part yet, but um, I think that's going to be a time that maybe we're going to post like some unboxings from stickers that we buy because who doesn't like to watch that? It's so satisfying to watch people oh. unbox stuff um, or maybe like showcasing other BFFs who are participating, we're going to get there. And then Sunday, we are featuring a sticker shop every Sunday. Um, and we're really working to get some coupon codes for all of our followers from those shops. And we've gotten some really great ones from people so far. So it's exciting. Um, so fun. I just, I love how you're approaching this from the community perspective and just really trying to celebrate the love of stickers and kind of growing that organically it feels very authentic and just fun and exciting so yeah thanks it, it's been really it's been really fun for us yeah we've, so, had, we've had fun with it you mentioned pip sticks already but what are some of your other favorite sources of stickers like where if i'm you know uh not silly new if i'm a returning sticker collector where would i go and find them okay so this is such a fun question <laughs> it is um Okay. Do you, do you want to go first, Laura? You go. Okay. So one that I've really been excited about is there is one called Everything Smells. Are you familiar with that? I am not. That sounds awesome though. Okay. So she has all of these scratch and sniff stickers and then she has other things there that smell good too, like pens and erasers. I mean, it is magical. Um, so that's a really fun one. And she also has a monthly subscription. And there's another company who has a monthly subscription called Four Bears Sticker Company. I think it is Four Bears something. Um, she's a delight. And she has some really cool stuff from artists who make stickers. So she kind of has like lots of different artists she works with. And they have really cool arty stickers. Um, and then Mrs. Grossman has a monthly sticker subscription that oh, I just wow. signed up for. And within that subscription, every month you get like a, a vault sticker. Um, so you get like a vintage sticker. I'm really excited to see what I get. That's so cool. Um, and then there's like a gazillion Etsy ones too. So yes, for sure. I I'm curious, like 
are there like because of course we have this realm of like stickers for scrapbooking and then we have like round stickers that are like pretty clearly for kids and not necessarily that there's kind of a gray area there like are you finding that there are a lot more stickers for our age of consumer than you thought maybe there were yeah you know I think something that's fun about this is Annie and I to your point about with your daughter I think it's a way to learn about somebody and and we've sort of been connecting about trying to learn each other's sticker style. And uh-huh. so I think there's like specific types of stickers out there that each of us like. Some of them maybe were technically meant for kids or maybe um, yeah. technically are for scrapbooking, but they sort of fit our general aesthetic. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's lots of stickers out there that that are sort of targeted for adults that kids wouldn't really necessarily get. And I certainly as a scrapbooker wouldn't think of for scrapbooking. They're just kind of fun adulty type stickers oh sure yeah with more adulty sentiments on them i can imagine a number of those for sure yes. yeah well, i think it's really cool that you're supporting small businesses through this too it's, it's not just like yes. big sticker companies that you're going to see in your grocery store you know right. you're supporting indie sellers and trying to, to ha- shine a light on them so that's i think that's really fun and cool yes Yes, it's really cool. My favorite right now that I that I've been loving is a shop called um, A Little Idiot, and yes. you can see them on Instagram or on Etsy. And I love I love her stuff. So there, yeah, there's lots of great artists out there that are making their own stickers, and they're really fun. Very cool. Well, we will include all the links that you've mentioned in the show notes. This is going to be a jam packed link <laughs> list, I think. Um, are there any other, is there any other advice that you have for our listeners on how to become more of a sticker user versus a sticker hoarder? Well, we would love for you all to become part of the BFF sticker club and join <laughs> us because we're having a good time. Um, I think that watching other people use stickers really inspires me to use my stickers. Um, I think that being paired up with with Laura as my sticker BFF and getting stickers from her in the mail every month is going to inspire me to use them. Um, And so if you have somebody that you can do that with, or if you want us to help you find somebody to do that with, I think that that's been really helpful. Um, What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I agree with that. I think doing the challenges is good. And I think remembering that when you, if you really love a sticker and you want to keep it, getting it off the sheet doesn't mean you don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was playing with stickers last night and I was like, I still own this. I still get to look at it. It's just, I've just moved it. And it's so funny. Annie said that about separating stickers from their friends. Cause I feel like I do feel this feeling of like, I'm disrupting a set. Like there's you know, they're packaged so cute. It's hard to separate them, but I'm just relocating them. They're going to make new friends. <laughs> it's like it's like going to get a puppy from a litter. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm bringing you to a new loving home. Mm-hmm. It's like also like sending your stickers to camp and they can meet new friends. <laughs> yes, totally. It's just one night. Just one Stick, night. Sticker camp sounds like something fun too. <laughs> I would like to go to. <laughs> Same. Oh my gosh, this has been so delightful. Um, So can you share what's your um, Instagram name where we can find you? We are the BFF Sticker Club on Instagram. And that's the only place we really are right now. Um, It's just on Instagram. Um, But yeah, DM us if you want um, your own BFF. 
we're going to match people for each month and it's on a rotating thing. So that's so fun. And I love that you're rotating it too, so that you can just always meet someone new and then just have a good time with it. So thank you guys so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Hey, thank you. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook and use stickers your way. In case you missed last week's episode, I wanted to let you know that registration is now open for Before Your Story, our album workshop to document your growing up story or someone else's. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash story to learn more.